right, good morning, First Baptist. If you'll just stand and worship with us this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, we have primarily students comprising our worship team this morning. Haven't they done a great job? So glad for these students uh, to use their talents and gifts in serving the Lord. 
So welcome today. We're glad you're here. Welcome to First Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us, we extend a warm welcome to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we're so glad you're here. And if it's your first time here, we would uh, invite you to fill out a guest registration card for us. There in the pew rack in front of you, there's a white card. And we'd love to get to know you a little bit. You, if you're willing to share some information with us, you can uh, fill that out and place it in the offering plate later in our service. And uh, there's a ways to respond there. We'd be glad to see you our weekly newsletter, let you know what's going on in our church, and uh, there are other ways you can respond there as well. And so this, uh, this month, we're sharing a sermon series um, entitled, uh, Prepared to Give an Answer. And um, last week, Tim shared uh, about uh, the worldview of pluralism, that all religions are the same. Did a great job sharing that. Uh, I watched it on Facebook, if you're ever not here. I wasn't here last week, and was able to watch it, and so I encourage you, if you're away, uh, you can watch our service that way. And today, Tim's finishing up that series. Uh, we're looking at uh, be prepared to answer new age spirituality. I was this week uh, uh, on, a, on a trip and going to a site of astronomy observatory, and I sat by a lady on the shuttle bus, and, and, and she said, I'm an astrologist. I'm interested to see these stars because uh, they govern and guide my life. Well, that's a, a form of New Age spirituality that we're encountering more and more. And so we're excited today to hear uh, how we can be prepared to give an answer uh, to that. We're glad you're here, and we pray this will be a time when you can worship the Lord. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together. Would you join me in praying as we begin our worship today? I want to just sort of try to guide you for a moment in this prayer. Would you begin, as we turn our hearts to the Lord, would you just begin with thanksgiving? One of the reasons we're here is to thank God. Would you thank God for the basics of life, the food you've eaten, the bed you slept in, the home you have? On this Labor Day weekend, would you thank God for your job or whatever source of support or income that you have? It comes from Him. You don't deserve it. God is good. Would you just say, thank you, God? Today, above all, would you give thanks to God for the blessings that are ours in Jesus, the hope and the life that we have in Him, that if we lost everything else, we would still be greatly blessed. Would you thank God for your spiritual blessings in Jesus? What is it that you need to ask God for today? What's bothering you? What's worrying you? What are the problems and concerns that you have? Would you take them to your, your Lord right now? Ask for His help. And would you spend just a moment praying for others? Maybe those in the path of the hurricane or those who have been victims of, of violence this week or maybe someone that you know, a friend who's going through a tough time. Would you just turn outward to pray for others? Oh, God, we bring all of our lives to you today. We still our hearts before you. We pray for this worship team. We pray for Tim as he brings the word. We pray our hearts will be receptive to what you want to say. We pray your, your spirit will fill this place. We pray this will be a time of worship acceptable to you and edifying to us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
take refuge in you rejoice let them ever sing for your joy spread your protection over them so that those who love your name may exult in you for you bless the righteous O lord you cover them with favors with a shield and so this morning my prayer is that whatever it is that you're taking refuge in him this morning i pray that you continue to just praise his name throughout um, anything that you're going through this morning
be a good thing to knock over a guitar this morning. No, it's never a good thing. Well, good morning. Um, as, Dr. Kex, as Dr. Cox said, we're here to, to wrap up our series called Prepared to Give an Answer about other worldviews that oppose Christianity. And so we've had um, a theme verse that we've followed that's kind of given us guidance to, to be prepared to answer these other worldviews and to do that with gentleness and respect and do that out of the love of Christ, not in an argumentative way. Our theme verse is found in, in 1 Peter 3.15 and it says this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have, uh, but do this with gentleness and respect. I wanted to begin this morning by giving you just a picture, uh, maybe you're a visual learner, a picture of what some of these worldviews look like and maybe the way we can kind of Categorize them. You can't categorize these worldviews perfectly. Uh, but just to give you a, a try, we're going to look at this first one here is materialism. These are my hand drawn pictures, and uh, aren't they incredible? You know now I'm not an artist. Um, but this is materialism, and the, the big circle is supposed to represent creation. You can see uh, the sun, the stars, a couple little birds, maybe. These drawings are a lot smaller on the screen than they were on paper, uh, and there's a couple of people having a good time walking their dogs. So that represents creation. In every picture, you can see creation. Materialism says that matter uh, and energy is all that, that, ha um, that there is, and so there is no God. And so we looked at that in week one. Uh, next is theism. And so I'm giving you a picture here of, of creation, of a creation, or I mean, uh, of Christian theism. And so uh, Christians, of course, we believe, again, the same picture of creation, that there is a God who, kind of the top arrow, created the universe, a God who is involved in creation and, and in our lives, and also a God, the third arrow, that is, is upholding or sustaining uh, the creation. And so maybe a, another worldview that we haven't really talked about um, that I wanted to just to, to show you, just that, that we're, we're not covering all of them, we're just hitting, up, hitting a few of them, but the next one would be deism. And so deism believes that there's a God, but they believe God created the world and just kind of started its existence and has walked away and has no involvement in creation. There's no salvation, there's just a God that, that kicked everything uh, off to get it started. And so we've talked about skepticism and pluralism, and, and these fall into these, some of these different categories. But this morning our final worldview, as Dr. Cox said, is New Age Spirituality. And, and New Age spirituality promotes the development of the person's own power or divinity uh, focused on personal spiritual transformation leading to a new level of harmony and enlightenment. Now, let me uh, clarify this here. When, when referring to a god or a deity, uh, New Age spiritualist is not talking about a transcendent personal god who created the universe, uh, but they're instead referring to a higher consciousness within themselves. They view themselves as God. In fact, everything that the person sees, hears, feels, or even imagines is to be considered divine. So the New Age uh, movement is not a formal religion. There's no holy text. There's no central organization. There's no ordained clergy. There's no formal membership. There's not a geographic center. Uh, there's no statements of beliefs or creeds. Uh, this is why they're particularly hard to define. But the spiritual movement is a free-flowing network of believers who share somewhat similar beliefs and practices. So instead of having religious services, uh, services, they communicate their beliefs through seminars, through conventions, through books, through TV, through even just small groups of people getting together. A new age spirituality is highly eclectic. It's a collection of ancient spiritual traditions. It, you can trace it back in pantheism and mysticism and Gnosticism and Eastern religions like Hinduism and Buddhism and even the occult. And so spiritualists believe uh, the pantheistic view that all exists is God. So all that exists is God, and, and God is in everything. So where the pantheism comes from, uh, all and God. And so here's a picture of that. 
Um, you can see pantheism, again, still the creation, except they put God right in the middle of creation. It's, it's um, the sun is God. Everything's connected to God. The stars are a God. People are a God. Animals are a God. This podium is a God. Everything around us is divine. And so uh, Alyssa, or Lisa Childers, in her book on New Age Spirituality, in her chapter in Mama Bear Apologetics, it says this, one of the core principles of the new spirituality is that everything in the universe including you and me, is made up of the same substance and reality. In other words, there's no separation between you, your dog, and the tree outside that, that your dog just peed on. This worldview is called pantheism and believes that God is a type of divine consciousness or energy that is one and the same with the universe, something we can tap into as we become more enlightened. See, since they're... Uh, they are all divine and there is no need to seek the God of the Bible. They seek God within themselves um, and, and throughout the entire universe. The earth is viewed then as a source of spirituality. And it has its own intelligence, its own emotions, its own deity. But superseding everything is self. All right, Self is the originator. Self is the controller. It's the power over all. So there's no need to reach outside of yourself for help. No need to reach outside for salvation. You are enough, and it's inside of you already. Anything negative a person experiences, whether it be failures or sadness or pain or anger or selfishness, um, is considered an illusion. I thought about, you know, accidentally kind of walking over here and tripping down the steps to make a point that um, that really hurt. It didn't feel good, but then I thought, you know, maybe my pants would rip, and, and it wouldn't be a, an illusion, and it would really be ugly. Um, believing themselves to be completely sovereign over life, nothing about their life is wrong or negative or painfully, a painful, eventually a person develops spiritually to the, to the degree of no objective external reality. So a person becoming a God creates their own reality. So they don't believe that they need any organized religion to worship God. After all, God is in every blade of grass. So they pull from mysticism the rejection of the idea that God has communicated in a public way or in an open way to, to everybody. There's no revelation from God. God instead is like an, an energy force in the universe, kind of like in Star Wars. And, and it, God, it lightens people individually and privately, meaning that um, only they know how they have been enlightened and the way um, this universe God has spoke to them might be entirely different than the way it could speak to you. Spiritists believe in karma and in reincarnation. So, you see, karma is the accumulated record of all the good things and the bad things that they've done. And, um, you know, at, at the end of their lives, they're rewarded or punished according to their karma by reincarnating into either a painful or a, uh, or a good new life. And so this belief is, is also linked to Eastern religions. But one of the numerous beliefs uh, that, they, that make up new spirituality is meditation. And so they say that they use this practice to connect uh, with the divine and to de-stress their lives. So there's various kinds of meditation. Um, some use it to clear their minds. Some use it to focus their minds on very specific things. Uh, but Bob Roth, an expert on transcendental meditation, explains it that it allows the active thinking mind, all of it, to just settle down and experience quieter levels of thought and then experience what has been called the source of thought, the unified field of consciousness or transcendent level of the mind. Again, take note that it's, that it's a self thing. It's all focused on what's already inside of them. So there's much to be learned about new, new spirituality. And seeking to learn about it only uh, leads me to ask more questions and to try to you know, understand exactly what they're meaning and thinking. Uh, but I'm more concerned with what the Bible says and what, what the Bible teaches us. And so hopefully some red flags when I was describing that went off for you. But the Bible says this, that God created everything. And creation is distinct from God, yet dependent on God. I'll say that again. God created everything. And creation is distinct from God, yet dependent on God. The creation account can be found in uh, the first two chapters in the book of Genesis. We see there that God created everything out of nothing. He created um, light and darkness, land and sea, created the birds and the animals, and, and culminated in his creation in mankind. And all that he saw was good. But scripture tells us that God is distinct from us. Uh, but, but we are dependent on God for the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the sunshine that we enjoy. We are dependent on God for everything. This is shown in Nehemiah. 9-6, uh, it says, you alone are, are the Lord, 
You made the heavens and even the highest heavens and all their starry host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Uh, Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. And in, in Psalm uh, 104, we can see our dependency upon the Lord. Listen to this, in, starting in verse 13. He waters the mountains with his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the pine trees. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the conies. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night. And all the beasts of the fields or of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. How many are your works, O Lord, in wisdom. You made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number. God created everything, and we are dependent on him for everything. Secondly, understand that God is transcendent. Transcendent means that God is far above his creation. In the sense that he is greater than the creation. As we just, just learned that we're uh, we're dependent on him. He is independent of us. We can't call ourselves God. We can't compare ourselves to God. We can't make ourselves God. We're not equal to God in any way. God is above us. Isaiah 55 communicates this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Romans 11 says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The third thing I want us to see this morning is that we can balance God's transcendence with his eminence. We can balance his transcendence with his eminence. That is, God is above his creation, and we are dependent on him, but God also possesses an eminence or a nearness to us. And it is in his eminence that God chooses uh, to draw near to his creation, to have a relationship with us. Listen to Acts 17. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Jeremiah says this too, Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? His imminent nature works to draw him near to his creation and to sustain the universe. God loves his creation and is, is so great that we see his eminence through God the Son and we see you know, living among us and we see it through God the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We aren't a God as pantheists believe or as spiritualists believe. Instead, we, we have a God who wants to personally know us and have a relationship with us and to be involved in our lives. The last thing I want you to see is that God reveals himself to people through his creation, through the, the scriptures, and through Jesus Christ. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3 describes this. In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us through his son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You see, spiritualists want to connect creation 
uh, to have a deeper understanding of the divine, except they're looking inward, not upward. Uh, they view the Bible as just some stories uh, and tips for a better life and better living, not the revelation of God. And they view Jesus as just a great teacher, uh, not as God the Son, um, all while God is revealing himself to all of us in the world. So considering these basic views of new spiritualism and having heard only four truths, there, there could be an unlimited way we could, we could use scripture to, to talk about spiritualism. Uh, but why is Christianity a more plausible, plausible worldview? First, New Age mu- movement has man in all of his self-proclaimed glory at its center. So the New Age movement is man-centered. The New Age movement says you are God, that you are good enough. It says that you can solve your own problems by using spiritual enlightenment. Maybe you've heard phrases like this. Um, have you, you have the power to change your own destiny. Uh, maybe somebody has told you uh, to find happiness, you just need to realize your true spiritual uh, potential. See, New Age teaches that we are basically good, that we're inherently divine, and that we're ultimately we can create our own reality. So the Christian worldview is drastically different. Christian worldview, uh, for, for starters, we believe in, in a God-centered r- lifestyle. In other words, God is at the, at, at um, he's the center of our life. We're called to love God with all of our hearts, to serve him alone. Uh, we recognize that our sinful nature prevents us uh, from being good, uh, from being self-sufficient, uh, from being able to solve our own problems. The Bible tells us this in Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah paints the same picture. In Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then later in chapter 64, all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. Like the wind, our sins sweep us away. See, scripture paints a much different picture than the spiritualists dream up. Reality is, we need a Savior. We're sinners in need of a Savior. The New Age spirituality doesn't have an answer for the problem of evil. Uh, That is sin, disease, natural disaster, pain in general. Um, It's not an illusion. It's around us. We experience it every day. It's not an illusion. So how do those things still exist in their divine reality that they describe? Are they really okay with calling uh, cancer a god? calling a killer or a rapist God, let alone even good? Um, Are they really okay with believing that hurricanes and and tornadoes are tranquil? Or that life's troubles are just part of a higher consciousness? See, spiritualists commit sinful acts like anger. They commit, uh, you know, they lie, they gossip, they they commit sexual sin, uh, they commit theft, revenge, and so forth. They're no different. Uh, That means they're committing sinful acts while at the same time considering themselves to be divine. Um, as Christians, we believe that we experience the pain of evil and disease and natural disaster as, re- as a result of the fall of mankind. And so when Adam and Eve chose to sin, they rejected God, and they ushered in a new period of curses of sin and of death of, on mankind as both physical and spiritual death entered the world. And so this is why we, we long for the return of Christ to make all things new. Listen to the way Paul describes the future glory in Romans chapter 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this, we, this hope we are saved. See, Jesus reminded his disciples that we face troubles uh, throughout life, but, but he offers a, us peace. He says this in John 16, I've told you these things that you may uh, have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. See, we can take assurance that Christ has overcome the world, and even in the midst of, of evil things and in hardships and difficulties in life, Jesus walks right alongside with us. As with many other worldviews, the New Age spirituality would say that truth is subjective. Truth is subjective. So New Agers create their own reality by what they believe, and, and by changing what they believe, they believe they can change reality. 
um, all moral boundaries have therefore been erased. There is no objective morality. There's no absolute truth in their philosophy. There, nothing has reality until one says that it has reality. See, a finite man can create truth. Uh, we're in a desperate trouble in our society. See, unless there is eternal absolutes from an eternal God uh, setting up boundaries, man will eventually be his own destruction. Uh, we know God and his word alone as the source of truth. As Christians, we don't believe the new, new spirituality has a plausible worldview, as a, a plausible uh, worldview, but many people do. And in, flat, in fact, uh, the influences of the New Age mindset are highly prevalent in the 21st century. We see them in the arts. We see it in education. We see it in uh, psychology and politics. We see it in Hollywood, even in religion. But by its very name, the New Age movement, we could believe that this is something relatively new. Uh, but it might be more correctly understood as a new mindset here in recent decades. See, King Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. Reality is, it could be said that uh, when Adam and Eve took the first bite of the forbidden fruit, there was the beginning of man's revolt against God and his exaltation of himself, which continues to this day in various forms, in New Age movement and New Age spirituality. Paul described in Romans 1, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodlessness, wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They exchanged the truth for God about a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. See, referencing uh, the last 50 years of this movement, uh, Alyssa Childers and Mama Bear Paul Jack says this, For some of us, the mere mention of the phrase New Age conjures images of drug-induced hippies meditating in flower fields or some wacky crystal-toting holistic healer handing out vitamins samples in a local health store. As out of touch as these images may seem, New Age beliefs are incredibly popular in our culture and they are almost always promoted as being Christian in some way or the other. The spiritualism movement took off, you see, in our country. Uh, it really took off again starting in the 60s. Uh, but by 2012, Pew Research Center founded this, that a third of millennials uh, believe that they don't ascribe to any particular ri religion. In fact, uh, nearly 40% of that group describe themselves as spiritual, but not religious. And nearly 60% of them say they have a feeling to a deep connection with nature and with earth. As we wrap up our time this morning, each week we have uh, kind of chewed on and, and thought about these different worldviews and spit out things that, that uh, we disbelieved or didn't believe to be true. And so I've got a, just a couple of these to look at real quick. I know we're, we're close on time. They, they believe in reincarnation. Uh, they don't, you know, we don't have to chew long here. We don't believe in reincarnation. Um, we can spit this theory out because the Bible says physical death is final and that we spend eternity and that, that a person spends either eternity in heaven or hell. Hebrews 9.27 says this, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And, we, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Secondly, they practice meditation. And, and maybe you're envisioning sitting on a floor with your legs crossed and saying, um, you know. Uh, but we can, we can spit out the notion of emptying the mind or trying to focus on nothingness. Uh, but instead, the Bible advocates meditation. In fact, the biblical meditation is filling the mind with Scripture and praying and focusing on the Word of God in our life. Psalm 19.14 says this, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Spiritualists are often holistic in practice. Uh, for example, they, they're often vegan in diet because of karma. They don't want to bring difficulty on themselves uh, and have to return as a cockroach or something. They don't want the thought of that they might potentially be eating their grandma on a hamburger. Um, another example is that they're just good environmentalists because they're conscious of being green. And, and they're recyclers because uh, they believe since God is in everything... And nature is also a part of God. They want to be in harmony with nature. 
and to nurture it and to be nurtured by it. So mankind is no different to them than any animal. So just because some environmentalists are pantheistic doesn't mean that, that, we, don't, uh, that we need to ignore this important reality. You see, we as Christians need to, need to practice good creation care. Genesis 2.15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Finally, spiritualists have many practices. Um, they use to connect with their inner divinity and pursue enlightenment. Things like channeling, things like uh, meditating, things like following spirit guides, uh, yoga. They use incense, diffusers, uh, crystals, oils, mediums, Ouija boards, fortune tellers, psychics, tarot cards. Uh, the list goes on and on. Research says that you might even do some of these very same things. Um, I hope not all of them. But not, not all of these are necessarily bad in and of themselves, but I want to caution you that to... Uh, that we need to be aware that they have completely different meanings and a different use for a new age spiritualist than what you might probably consider. So I just want to encourage you and, and tune on some of those things to, to research them and find out where those practices begun. This morning, in closing, um, I want to tell you that we worship one God, one true God who knows us, who loves us, who forgives us of our sins because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. He gives us life, he gives us hope, he gives us peace. Everything we have is in him and through him and because of him. And so this morning, I wanna offer you new life in him. Come experience the, the greatest transformation you will ever experience by giving your life to Jesus and trusting in him. Maybe you need to come and, and be baptized. Maybe you want to come and join our church and begin walking with a, a family of believers. However God is calling you this morning, be faithful to respond to him. Let's stand and sing. This time we're going to transition to a time of worship by giving. And so I'll ask the ushers to come forward and, and we'll respond in giving back to him for all the ways the Lord has blessed us. You can be seated. Can we pray? Father, we're thankful for this day, Lord. We're thankful for all that you've given us, Lord. Lord, we know you're the Alpha and the Omega, Lord. The beginning and the end, Lord. 
We know that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of your glory. We pray for your forgiveness, Lord. And at this time, Lord, we bring you offerings to lay before you, Lord, that you use for your cause, Lord. All these things we ask in your holy name. Amen. A certain time, a certain place, a vision in my mind, the life I left behind, I get emotional to know you called my name. I feel unworthy, gentle mercy, sometimes the rain will fall, questions flood my soul, have I been forgiven, or has my heart turned cold, under the blood, yesterday is a memory, I'm of death, your love has covered me, I found perfect peace, it took so long to get where I should, I'm over the guilt and shame cause I'm under the blood a perfect place so long ago still echoes from a hill whosoever will just let him come today and bring those broken dreams. I know you'll be amazed. With his loving grace you'll find in Jesus Christ. Everything you need. And when the past seems present. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. Under the Today is a memory. I'm over the guilt and shame. Cause I'm under the blood. All that I am and all that I hope to be. Stand up and walk, and if I stumble, I know you'll understand. Oh, under the blood, yesterday is a myth. 
It took so long to get where I should. I'm over the guilt and shame. Cause I'm under the blood. Hey, aren't you grateful for these students and sharing their talents and their gifts with us? We appreciate them so much, and we're grateful for Tim for sharing the word for us today. Great job. I want to encourage you to take the next step. We're so glad you've come today. I want to encourage you to stay for a connection group. If you're brand new here, go to the Welcome Center up this way. There'll be somebody there to help you. We have small groups with your age group or your life situation from birth to death that you could get involved in, and that's how you grow in our church. The next step to take this Wednesday begins a new semester of classes in our Christian Development Program. They're listed in your worship guide. I'll be teaching Introduction to Prayer and Bible Study. Resumes this Wednesday at 6.30. And also there are two electives that begin this week. One, The Overcomer, is a study of spiritual warfare and the armor of God in Ephesians. Another is called the Nehemiah Code, and it's a, a practical principles from the book of Nehemiah. And so I want to encourage you to get involved. That's the way you'll grow in our church. Those begin at 6.30 this Wednesday night. We have prayer meeting at 6 o'clock. Also this Wednesday, if you have children who have recently accepted Christ as Savior, or if you have kids who are asking questions and are moving toward that point in their lives, this Wednesday at 6 p.m. begins our new member orientation for uh, children. And so that's at 6 o'clock. invite you to be a part of that. Thanks for coming and being here today. Let's pray together as we go. Oh, Father, we thank you for the experience of worship that we've had today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing you and being with you. Thank you for the word that we've heard. May we, as we leave here, may we not forget that. May it sink deep into our hearts and bring us into a fellowship with a true and living God. Lord, we ask your blessings upon your people as we go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.